great to be uh, preaching here this morning, and what an exciting topic and passage to be preaching from. Uh, I'm so excited that over these 10 weeks, we're thinking about the resurrection. The death of Jesus is obviously of crucial importance, but we often uh, neglect the importance of the resurrection. And so it's really exciting to have a, a whole sermon series focusing on the resurrection. And I was uh, reading a lot over the last couple of weeks about the resurrection, and this quote for me has really stuck. This is N.T. Wright, uh, a great theologian, and he says, To preach the resurrection is to announce the fact that, God, that the world is a different place and that we have to live in a differentness. The resurrection is not just God doing a wacky miracle, though it was quite wacky and was miraculous. We have to preach it in a way that says this was the turning point in world history. Everything changed. Everything changed because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That is true in world history and that is true for me. God's amazing at doing that, isn't he? He did something that's changed world history, but he's also changed my history, my present, and my future by his resurrection. Let's think, uh, though, what that means for the two pilgrims who were traveling along the road. You see, it wasn't just the turning point of all history. Everything changed for them because they met, they encountered the risen Jesus They had the privilege to encounter him. And because of that, everything changed. As they were walking along the road, it says that their hearts burnt. And afterwards, when they realized it was Jesus, they asked each other, were our hearts not burning as he talked with us and opened the scriptures with us? As we'll see this morning, for those pilgrims, encountering the risen Jesus changed everything for them. My prayer for me and you today is as we encounter the risen Jesus, not only in this place, but in the coming week, we will realize that everything changes because Jesus is not dead. He is alive. So let's uh, look to Luke 24. You might find it helpful to have a Bible open. I'd love you to tweet. Most of the tweeters are away in Wales. If you think it's raining here, the Welsh mountains are not good. Simon and his family are there celebrating his mum and dad's 50th wedding anniversary, so uh, they're getting wet. I know that for a fact. It's affecting their Wi-Fi signal. They're not impressed. But I'd love you to tweet with me today or Facebook or whatever it is or talk to me afterwards and I'll tweet for you on your behalf. Say it was the best sermon you've ever heard. I won't, obviously, anyway. The first point I have today has changed my life. You see, the pilgrims walking along that road discovered that an encounter with the risen Jesus transformed their lives in times of trouble. An encounter with the risen Jesus turned their grief into joy, turned their darkness into light. An encounter with the risen Jesus may not have changed all of the circumstances of their present, but it changed them 
so that they could face the circumstances in a different way. They were walking along that road, and can you imagine how they would have felt? I thought that video captured it really well. The Bible says their faces were downcast. Have you ever seen someone walking through a hard time? Their faces are downcast. They're not able to raise their gaze. They might have the church face on, but remove that. Their faces were downcast. Why? Well, they had been in Jerusalem. They were pilgrims. They would have been there for the Passover celebrations. And they probably would have experienced the highs of Palm Sunday, where Jesus triumphantly entered Jerusalem. And everyone thought, the Messiah has come. The Messiah who will bring us back to being God's people, who will save us, who will save us from these evil Romans who are occupying our lands, who will change history. They they had the highs of Palm Sunday, as many will be celebrating today. They believed that the Messiah might be here. But then he was killed. He was brutally, painfully, and publicly, which would have been scandalous for a Jewish leader, he was publicly killed. In those moments, those who were shouting Hosanna lost their hope. They shouldn't have. They shouldn't have, as Jesus reminds them as he's walking along the road, that they did. Their hope of rescue had been squashed. All the hosannas of the triumphant entrance had been replaced with grief. Right in the midst of this valley of darkness for them, as they reluctantly walked home with sad and desperate stories ringing in their ears, these pilgrims encountered the risen Jesus They didn't know it was Jesus yet, and we'll think about that a little bit more. But they met with him, they walked with him, they talked with him. They invited him to come in to stay with them, a sign that somehow they were comforted by his very presence. They wanted to spend more time with this stranger. There are some strangers I've met who I would love to spend more time with, and there are some that I really am glad that the train has gone. They were comforted by the very presence of this man that they met along the road. You see, the very presence of the risen Jesus had changed their reality. The psalmist in the psalm we know so well says this, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you read it to me, I will, for you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. They experienced that in this moment. For them, they still didn't understand what was going on, but they knew they were in a dark valley. Everything that they had thought and had hoped for had been squashed, but they, they felt comforted. They knew somebody holy was with them. Something had changed because, because the very presence of Jesus was there. So I've thought about this this week. I wanted to say I cannot highlight enough this morning that this is true 
for me and for you today. As we encounter the risen Jesus, even in our own dark valleys, we are comforted. We know he is never going to leave us. There are so many of us here who presently might be in a dark place, but encountering the risen Jesus has changed that reality. Many of us here can testify that encountering the risen Jesus has given us hope in hopeless places, peace in conflict, healing not only emotionally and spiritually, but even physically. Those pilgrims experienced the risen Jesus and it changed their reality. Those of you who know me well um, know that I'm about to have my tonsils out. Hooray! Ah, you may bring cake and ice cream. But I'm about to have my tonsils out in a couple of weeks' time after a whole year of having tonsillitis, pretty much. And I've never experienced physical um, illness like this. I'm quite a healthy person. And uh, until last January, I'd never had tonsillitis in my whole life. And I used to kind of pat people on the back who did and said, there, there. It is horrible. It is absolutely horrible. And for me, I spend five days in bed kind of out cold. And then I sort of come back and watch episodes of Location, Location, Location on repeat. And I've never experienced illness like it, and I'm so glad they're coming out. A couple of weeks ago, I had another bout, came on really quickly, and uh, I was in bed feeling really glum about it. And this was before I'd persuaded a consultant that they needed to go. I sat in my bed. I felt really glum. I have two small children who were bouncing on the end of the bed, uh, wanting their mummy, and it just it did not feel good. It is one of those dark valleys that I, I never thought I'd be in because I was healthy. I'm fairly young. I, you know, I never thought I would be there. And I know for many of us, we are either living in these dark valleys or that our health is such an issue for us. I felt glum. I call it the tonsillitis gloomy week. But actually, something incredible happened in my bed. I decided to stop watching Location, Location, Location. That might have been a good point. And I clicked on a favorite song of mine at the moment, a worship song. And it was a live version, so it went on for 19 minutes, which was probably another good thing. And as I was led in that bed, listening to that worship song, I encountered the risen Jesus And I can probably name six or seven times in my life where I've encountered him in such a real way. This is one of those special hilltop moments, right? Some of us have experienced this. And as I listened to that worship song, my gaze went from what was around me up to Jesus. And instead of a song of gloominess, a song of praise came out rather squeakily. Encountering the risen Christ, even in that moment changed my reality, lifted my gaze. I was still ill. I was still on the antibiotics. I still am. But I changed because I encountered the risen Jesus. And he gave me this verse as I was in my gloominess. How priceless is your unfailing love, O God. People take refuge in the shadow of your wings. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that beautiful? As I was in tonsillitis gloom, God reminded me that he was shadowing me. He was with me. He was there. 
as I encountered the risen Jesus, everything changed in that moment. However, there's more things the pilgrims want to teach us. They can teach us about the hard times, the grief, the loneliness, whatever it is that we see as our dark valley at the moment. But they've got way more to teach us. And so my second point is that, like the pilgrims along the road, we don't always recognize him when we're in the hard times. I love hindsight. It's really helpful, isn't it? To look back and to reflect. We have um, a thank you jar and we'll look at that at the end of the year and look back and see of all the things that God has done and we're celebrating. Hindsight is so important. And we can often look back and see the victories won by God and see what he was doing there and, and that's brilliant. But wouldn't it be incredible that in those dark valleys, wouldn't it be awesome that in that valley of the shadow of death, like that psalmist reminds us of, we recognized who Jesus was? The pilgrims didn't. Jesus came up and walked along with them, but they were kept from recognizing him. They were kept from recognizing. They couldn't see him for who he really was. And isn't that true for many of us? When I was in tonsillitis gloom, I couldn't see God at work in that at all. I could not see what he was doing, and I spent a long time. God, why am I back in bed again? I'm very aware that you're doing something, but I don't know what. We even sang it. You're working in my waiting. We don't always recognize God with us, and sometimes we're kept from recognizing him, definitely, but sometimes we don't see him in a hug from a friend or a prayer from a friend. We don't see him because he's at work in the unexpected places which we don't expect him to be working in. No one would have expected the risen Jesus to appear on the road to Emmaus. That was on the way away from Jerusalem. If I was going to appear as a resurrected person, I would get into Jerusalem, into the temple and go for it. He appeared to two men on a road away from Jerusalem. It was in an unexpected place. <clears throat> we don't always recognize it's Jesus. And we don't always allow his presence to comfort us if we're honest. This is a bit painful. An ouch moment, perhaps. As I was thinking about this, I thought about the times when I hadn't recognized Jesus in the hard times, but I also remember times when I know he was at work, but I, choose, I chose, for one reason or another, to not see him or not allow his presence to comfort me. There's been times when I've perhaps run to other people for comfort first rather than Jesus, when I've tried to find other things to fill a void, when... I've gone to others and said, do this for me, rather than gone to God and said, Lord, I need you. Try and fix stuff for ourselves, and we're quite good at it, if we're honest. Sometimes, though, and I would say most of the time, what we really need is an encounter with the risen God, and we need to stop running from him and to run into his arms. Some of you will know this song really well. I grew up singing it in uh, my very traditional church in Bath. When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, 
Whatever my lot, you have taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. The guy who wrote that, Horatio Spafford, and I was grown up in Sunday school drawing pictures of him. It was a cool Sunday school group. It would have been better to draw pictures of Jesus, but we won't go there. He was a Christian in America in the late 1800s, a very successful legal man and had a very big, a very big portfolio of investment. He lost a son at a very young age and then lost his portfolio investment in a great fire in Chicago. As a result of that, he decided to send his family on holiday to Europe. Obviously a good decision. He put them on a boat, sent them off, and the boat hit something, and his four daughters died. The valley of the shadow of death, people. He went to meet his wife on a boat, and as he was on that boat, traveling towards his grieving wife, he wrote those words. (laughs) When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot, you have taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. As he was sailing, he encountered the risen Christ. Even in his darkest of days, he could say those words. Can we? If we can't, it's time to encounter the risen Christ, friends. It's time to run into his arms and say, I need you. It's time for us to allow his presence to comfort us. It is time for us to say, I need you, God. The pilgrims taught us that an encounter with the resurrected Jesus can change even the darkest of our days. Let's change track a little bit. And they taught us a number of other things, and I I, I love these. You see, Jesus encounters us in the revelation of his word. That's a posh word of saying the Bible. And I love this book. I love it. But like all good relationships, I have good days with it, and I have a few bad days with it. Am I on my own? Okay, good. Phew. Checking you're still here. There are days when the Bible has my full attention. There are days when the Bible is alive and breathing and living. There are days when I get into bed at whatever time of night and think, oh, didn't didn't read it, didn't read it, didn't feast on it. And and I'm sure we've all been there, about to drop off to the the land of Nod, and and fear takes hold. You go, I haven't read my Bible, and I'm about to go to sleep. Oh, well. Maybe it's just me, but I have a debate about getting up at that point and thinking, well, God's word's got to feed me while I sleep. Maybe. The resurrected Jesus was revealed to the pilgrims on the road as he talked about the scriptures. It says there in Luke 24, And beginning with Moses and the prophets, he, that's Jesus, explained to them what was said in the scriptures concerning himself. Uh, Mike Pilavachi, who runs Soul Survivor, uh, says that looking for Jesus in Scripture is a little bit like a where's Wally 
you know those things, right? You've got a big picture of hundreds of pictures and then somewhere there's Wally with a red hat on. He says the scriptures are a little bit like that because right the way through them, on every single page, there is something about Jesus in them. And Simon preached on this a few years ago. It will be there in the archive somewhere. Jesus, to those pilgrims who were in grief and hopeless, revealed who he was to the scriptures. Now, they should have known they were intelligent. They were learned. They should have known that Jesus would have had to die to be the true Messiah, but they lost it. They'd lost it. In God's word, they encountered Jesus As Jesus spoke to the pilgrims, he opened their scriptures. It says that their hearts burnt. They encountered the risen Christ to the point where that scripture became real, became something new for them. They understood for the first time that the the Jesus, the Messiah, had to die and had to be raised from the dead. I've asked my friend Lungi to uh, come and speak about how God uh, speaks to her through Scripture. Lungi's a part of our missional community on a, a journey of membership here with us at church. And she's going to come up now and very bravely uh, share some of her story about how God speaks through Scripture. So why don't we give her a bit of a round of applause as she comes up and she's going to share with us. Let me just... Morning, everyone. <laughs> Whenever we we are going through times of trouble and difficulty, this is only for the salvation of our souls. Our sufferings in, in life are not to destroy us. Each person has been brought onto this earth to fulfill their purpose in life. In 2 Corinthians 5, verse 1, chapter 1, verse 5 to 6, Paul writes in this letter that times of trouble produces patience, endurance. This is one of the verses that God has spoken to me in, in the past. And since moving here in, to England two years ago, I've had quite a few struggles in my, in my life. Um, one of these struggles actually was depression. Another one of these troubles was actually nightmares. I would have, even now today, I have a lot of nightmares in my sleep. With each and every one of us, God knows our struggles in life. There's been times where I didn't understand why all of this was happening to me. There's even been times where I've decided not to sleep at night because I didn't didn't want the enemy to attack me in my dreams. There's been times where I've slept with the Bible under my bed, hoping that the enemy wouldn't attack me. I was reading, I was watching... um, I was actually watching TBN one morning, and one of the pastors actually said that you have to you have to let the Bible work for you. It's you know if if you read the Word of God and that Word is not abiding in your heart, then it becomes easy for the enemy to attack. And those words actually rang true to me because sometimes when I read the Bible at night, I feel like I'm reading it just so that I don't want the enemy to attack, and I'm not really reading it for the salvation of my soul. So this is one of the re- revelations that God gave to me. And I do find that when I read the Bible and whatever verse that I'm reading, if that, if that verse is sown in my heart, and if I remember that verse and I act on that word, for some reason I'll have a peaceful night's sleep and nothing will happen to me. 
There's been a number of times since becoming a Christian where God has delivered me from bad things that have happened to me. Uh, recently, uh, I was going, you know, having another period of lots of having lots of nightmares, and eventually, I said to God, "I can't do this anymore." I remember when I became a Christian, I actually believed that as a Christian, nothing will touch me. I won't have any trials in life. I won't have any tribulations in life. But only slowly, unfortunately, to realize that that is not the truth. When you you're a Christian, it's everybody in life has struggles and everyone has problems in life, but. As I, I believe that as a believer of God or as Christians in God and as children of God, that he carries us through, through those difficulties in life. It's, I, I think, actually think it's the grace of God that allows us to wake up every morning and continue with life. So, there, yeah, there's been a number of times that God has delivered me from, from the nightmares and from all the, some of the stuff that I've dealt with. Um, for some, thing, for some times, things would go quiet, and then suddenly the nightmares would come back again. And on Sunday, uh, those nightmares completely stopped for a week. And for a good week, up until Thursday, I was on a high. I was just sort of in God's... I felt like God's presence was all around me. And I really felt like I was in this... You know, I felt like I was a child of God for, for the first time in a long time. I felt like a child of God. And I felt like I had this energy in me that I couldn't explain and then on Thursday night, then the, the nightmares came back again. And when the nightmares came back on Friday, I was just like, oh, no, not again. And I thought to myself, you know, I, well, I cried. I, I cried as I always do. And then yesterday, well, last night, gave me, God gave me a revelation that instead of complaining all the time about all the bad things that are happening to me, I should just say thank you. Because if I say thank you, if I change my prayer points and I, I praise Jesus through the good times and the bad times, then I, I actually believe that annoys the enemy. So basically, the, the positive feelings that I had earlier this week were just replaced. I was energetic, and on, the, on Friday morning, I woke up just tired and just exhausted with, it, with all of this. I feel like each time the enemy steals my blessings, God replaces those blessings even more than the, the time that he did before. I actually believe that nothing is too, too big for God. In John 16, verse 33, this is another verse that God spoke to me, that he said, in this world there will be trouble, but behold, I have overcome the world. Jesus died on the cross to fulfill his purpose on this earth. Once his purpose was fulfilled, he was taken up to heaven to be with the Father. I don't think that Jesus complained about his trials. And I believe that he didn't complain about those trials because he seems to see the bigger picture. I think for some reason we, we never get to see the bigger picture. We just see that mountain that is in front of us. And when you see that mountain in front of you, you just want to give up in life. When God saw, God knew, Jesus knew the bigger picture that, he, that was in front of him. And because he saw that bigger picture, he was able to overcome. He was able to resist the, the devil and the devil when he went on his 40-day fast. And I believe because of that, he was able to fulfill his purpose in life. So, uh, yes, yeah, so he knew the Father that he had a purpose for him. For, my, for I myself, I know that God has a, has a bigger purpose for me. He has not saved me in the past so that he could fail me in the future. In my life, personally, God has a track record in my life. <laughs> 
and his, che- his track record is completely clean. He's never, ever failed me. So I don't believe that he can actually fail me at any point in the future. And in 1 Corinthians 9, verse 24 to 5, it says, Do you, know, do you not know that in a race all the, run- all the runners must run in order to get a prize? Everyone who competes in the game must go into strict training. Jesus has used this verse to encourage me and strengthen me as a person. If he can show me a verse such as this one, I believe there will always be a solution to any problem that I face in life. I believe that each trial and each tempted, each trial and each tribulation that we go through as Christians, this can only be to, to strengthen us. It can, be, it can only be to, to keep us for a higher purpose in our lives. Because as I said before, I think that everybody has a purpose in their lives. So each time that I go through trials, or each time anybody goes through any trial, big or small, we should use that as a platform to thank Jesus. Because if you don't thank Jesus, if you look back in your life, if you hadn't gone through certain things in your life, you may not be where you are. I don't think I, could, I, would, I would be where I am today. In, in that little short walk that I've had with God, all the trials and tribulations that I've had have somehow strengthened me, not strengthened me as just as a person, but I believe that it's increased my confidence in God. Each time God takes me away from that trouble, each time he takes that trouble away from me, the next mountain that comes, I'm able to overcome it. I'm able to get up a lot faster than I did the time before. And I've eventually now have changed my prayer points, and I've stopped blaming Jesus for, or blaming God for all the bad things that may happen to me. Instead, I've decided to change my prayer points and just say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you for putting that mountain in front of me. And thank you for allowing me to see, to see another day. And thank you for your grace, and thank you for dying on the cross for me. So I just believe that, <coughs> I believe that each trial that we face in life, let's just thank Jesus and praise him for everything that he's done for us. And stop complaining. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> If you're having a bad day, hang out with Lungi. Seriously. She's brought so many scriptures into my world as we've had coffee together. It's a joy. And I love the fact that she was sharing from even this week. God's at work in her every day. He's encouraging her with scripture every single day and every night, as you've heard. If you want to know more about how this works in the everyday. Simon preached a fantastic sermon on the first Sunday of this year. Uh, It's on the podcast there. It's January the 4th, Under the Seeds. The website's there. Uh, We'd love you to listen to it because these words I grew up with, I'm I'm on the hymns today. Lord, you often speak in scripture, words that summon from the page. How many times have we experienced that? And if we haven't, we need to dig in to God's word and go hang out with Lungi because she'll inspire you to do that. Really quickly, just the last two points. I love the fact that they realize who Jesus is as he breaks the bread. When he was at the table with them, it says, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened and they recognized him and he disappeared from their sight. They each asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us when we, he talked with us on the road and opened the scripture? Why is Jesus revealed in the breaking of bread? I'm sure you guys know this. 
But only a few days earlier, and as we will remember on Thursday, Jesus was with his followers, his disciples, his few, and they ate bread. They broke it. And Jesus said those incredible words. This is my body which will be broken for you. And he was pointing back to what the prophet Isaiah was going to, had said. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. By his wounds, we are healed. Hallelujah. You see, communion, as we share bread and wine together, is an important part of our life as a community together. Not just communion here on a Sunday, but when we share it in our home groups, in our missional communities with one another, it's an important part and a powerful part of being community together. Because as we break God's, as we break Jesus's bread again, and we drink of his wine, he is revealed and we encounter the risen Jesus I've taken communion so many times over the years and sometimes I rush into it without expecting to encounter the risen Jesus. Often I've done that. As we face this week, as we celebrate communion together next Sunday as part of our Easter celebrations, let us remember that Jesus wants to encounter us around the communion table. Jesus wants to encounter us as we remember what has happened to him. Jesus wants to reveal himself as we reflect on his body broken. But I couldn't talk about this moment without highlighting that Jesus reveals himself over a meal. I've come to the conclusion in the last few weeks that the table in our house is actually the um, most significant piece of furniture in my house. The kids would probably argue that it's the television, but I'm going to argue that it's uh, the table. Uh, sorry, the pictures are not very clear because they were taken with a phone. But this happened a couple of weeks ago around our table. We had 36 people making unleavened bread. Um, probably 18 of them were under the age of eight. I'm still finding bits of dough under the table and in the toilet, uh, despite cleaning many times. We had uh, a time around our table where 36 of us gathered and remembered that moment that we've just talked about where Jesus broke bread and reminded us how much he loves us. It was an awesome morning. I went on for many hours afterwards involving lots more food and pancakes. Some of us were Christians, some of us aren't yet. There were lots of children there. But as I reflected on this moment in the days afterwards, I thought, actually, my table is the most important piece of furniture in my house because loads of people encountered Jesus around it. Just in the last week, I've had numerous Christians gather around my table to hear from God through his Bible and through other ways as well. I've had numerous meals around my table which build us as a family, an extended family. Those pilgrims encountered Jesus and were experiencing him as they shared a meal together. One small question for you. How do you encounter God around your table? How are you going to do that this week? Finally, 
An encounter with Jesus, the risen Jesus, is really hard to keep quiet about. Lungi's testimony to that. She's encountered Jesus this week. And when I put a little thing out on Facebook to a few friends saying, would you share your story? She came bounding back, nervously, but bounding back. When God does something in our lives, when we encounter the risen Jesus, we have a story to tell that's really powerful. Those disciples, uh, those pilgrims rushed back to the disciples who were scared in a locked room, who were doubting, who were not sure what was going on. They rushed back. In verse 33, they got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. They encountered the risen Christ. It was so hard to keep quiet. They ran back even though they'd already walked back one way, ran back the other way. And they shared that they'd encountered the risen Lord. This is a really small point. But have you a story to tell this week of encountering the risen Christ? And are you going to keep quiet about it? Or are you going to tell it to everybody who will even listen? I've decided to do that and I've still got friends. It's amazing. It's amazing what God does as we share our story of encountering the risen Christ. Said an awful lot. Lungi said way more in her speech than I could ever kind of appeal to you. But we're going to worship together for a few moments. And as we do, maybe these four questions, five questions, are something you want to think about. Where I began, is it well with your soul today? And if it's not, maybe today you need a few of us to gather around you and pray that you will encounter the risen Christ before you leave this place. Maybe you need a few of us to gather around and pray that the Holy Spirit comes and reveals Jesus, perhaps in his word, so that your reality can be changed. Do you encounter God through his word daily? And if not, go listen to that podcast. Talk to a few of us. We'd love to help you do that. Will you come next Sunday ready to meet the risen Christ in the worship, but also as we share communion as a family together? This week opens many opportunities to encounter God around our table from breakfast to bedtime. How are you going to do that this week? And maybe some of us here are feeling the nudge of telling our story of encountering the risen Christ. I'm going to pray for you as you leave this place. I'm going to say, actually, God, give them the bravery of Lungi to stand and tell. Because encountering the risen Christ leaves us with a story to share that will change lives. You stand with me and I'm going to pray and then John's going to lead us as we respond to his word today. Lord, you often speak through scripture, words that summon from the page. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you will speak to us through your word that we have just heard But I pray more than that, Lord, we will encounter you through it. Lord, I pray that today, each of us in our own way will encounter the risen Christ. Those disciples and pilgrims were changed. Their perspective was changed, their past was changed, their present was changed, their future was changed. We all long for that to be true in our lives. So as we worship together now, Lord, may we not just sing familiar songs, 
But may our hearts and our eyes and our ears be open to encountering you, the Christ who died, but the Christ who rose again.